for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is Jake Kokorowski. We have John McNamara on the line. We have a lot to get to. We have a mailbag segment coming up at the end of the show, taking some of our subscriber questions. John McNamara was out at a high school scrimmage at Brookfield Central on Friday. We'll get some thoughts there. Chris Hodges commits uh, the first 2021 commit for Greg Gard for Wisconsin men's basketball. We'll break that down. But first and foremost, we're going to get right into it because fall camp is now closed to the media in terms of open practices. We were there for eight of them, and we're going to, John, you and I are going to go and break down some takeaways from each of them and give some some bold predictions as we are less than two weeks away from the season opener in Tampa against South Florida on August 30th, a Friday night showdown at Raymond James Stadium. And John, I mean... You and I, are, and we're going to talk about this at the end of the show, high school games are coming up next week. You and I will both be at a couple of games. It's time, isn't it? Yeah, and getting out to the scrimmage on uh, on Friday, uh, you know, that kind of signals the start of things. And, um, you know, I got to see a couple of guys, a couple of guys come into Wisconsin, a couple other targets. And, yeah, I mean, football's in full swing. Uh, high school kind of sets the table. And then, uh, and, you know, like you said, about two weeks, Wisconsin starts. So, uh, we, we certainly are in the thick of things with fall camp, but things are going to uh, rev up even more in in the coming week and so here. Absolutely, and before you know, we talk about high school football. Let's let's talk about Wisconsin's fall camp. We're going John and I are each going to give our takeaways. You know, we're, we'll go three, two, and one in uh, in terms of a countdown for fall camp. Again, we saw eight practices. For Wisconsin, either in Camp Randall Stadium or on the field just north of Camp Randall Stadium, right next to Lot 17. So, in we you know we were there for all eight of the practices there, and uh, I think one you know this is just a minor takeaway. There is no rain. Wisconsin was really lucky that they were able to get it outdoors. They didn't have to use the McLean Center uh, for the practices that we saw. I don't know about possibly today because they were supposed to practice, uh, or even yesterday if they did that, but. From what we've seen, you know, they've been very lucky when it comes to practicing outdoors, uh, though I will say they didn't really get a chance, John. I mean, one thing we're going to talk about, I think, next week, once we get into season mode, uh, they did not get challenged, I would say, in terms of weather. It's been 70s, maybe some low 80s here and there in fall camp. But for the most part, Wisconsin's been, had it pretty nice where no wind, uh, maybe a little sticky here and there, but the temperatures are not going to be as hot uh, as they'll see down in Tampa in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think one of the things you look at in that first road game against South Florida is, you know, what's the weather going to be like down there? Um, is it going to be, you know, I can't imagine it's going to be like a couple of years ago when they went to Arizona State and, you know, those temperatures were above 100 degrees. Uh, but, you know, it's it's different. And, you know, you do your best that you can to prepare for that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the guys like you know, practicing in, in comfortable in manageable weather, but, um, you know, they might get something different down in, in South Florida, uh, in a couple weeks. So, you know, I, it's, it's maybe not the biggest storyline of fall camp, but, you know, certainly something that, uh, uh, is interesting to point out for someone that that's been all the practices. 
Right. So that's our bonus takeaway. Getting to the actual team. Uh, John, we'll start, we'll start off with you first. Number three for you. What is your number three takeaway from the two weeks of open practice that we saw? Yeah, I think if you look on the interior of the offensive line and going into fall camp, uh, Caden Lyles was someone that, uh, you know, people penciled in. I penciled in as, as a pro- projected starter there at one of the guard spots. And, you know, that could certainly, you know, still come about or, or still be true. But right now it looks like Jason Erdman at one guard spot and Josh Seltzner at another guard spot. Uh, so that was something that was a little bit of a surprise there. You know, obviously we thought all three of those guys were were definitely in competition uh, along with David Mormon there. But, you know, right now in on the depth chart that you just released today in a story that we had looking at the offensive side of the ball, it looks like it could be Urban and Seltzer there at, at both guard spots. Right. And it is worth note, noting too, I mean, that was like the initial first team reps that we had seen with Tyler Biotish and Cole Van Lannen healthy at center and left tackle when that didn't happen uh, when, you know, you've seen Van Lannen be limited for a while. Biotish is starting to get back into more teamwork over the course of this past week. The When when they were out, though, you saw Tyler Beach sub in for left tackle, and they move, moved Erdman to the inside at center, and then that allowed Caden Lyles to get those first team reps, presumably with the injuries. You know, Joe Rudolph spoke with me and a couple other reporters last Monday and mentioned that they tightened up his responsibilities to the guard positions instead of being guard and center like he was in the spring. And from there that he said that he's improved. Uh, he could run, he could make a run for the starting job still. Uh, but for right now, like I said, my depth chart, I had him uh, just behind Erdman and, you know, maybe that extra year, you know, and, and selflessly going over to the defensive line for one year, you know, you still knocking off some rust in, in the spring, uh, but, you know, there's still another week, you know, we've, you know, and I'll, we'll preface that week long of what happens. Uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor is the one big name there. We don't know what will happen if there's going to be a big explosion of, of a couple players standing out and then making their cases late in fall camp. Uh, but for now, from what we had seen in the open practices, uh, I slotted in Erdman above Lyles. Uh, my number three though, is I think the inexperienced players stepping up on defense Two come to mind instantaneously. That's Reggie Pearson at safety, the redshirt freshman, Isaiah Green May, the redshirt sophomore at outside linebacker. Pearson, we saw mostly with the twos during spring football, but when it camp opened, Wisconsin had Pearson and Nelson slotted in as the starters, and they were the initial first team up from every practice that I had seen. And so I think that says something for Reggie Pearson. We had video up on him. I'm hoping to get an article up by, uh, about him and his maturity and his maturation, I should say, going forward. I'm hoping to get that up in the next couple of days uh, once I finish on the transcribing there. But you saw the video up on Badger Blitz's YouTube page and on our site about him. Um, Isaiah Green May, really, we saw him in nickel package work mostly during spring ball. Then fall camp comes around and now he is working primarily with Bond as the first duo up at outside linebacker. Uh, he's gained some strength. Uh, Jim, I think it was Jim Leonard and also Isaiah Green Bay both noted during bowl prep last year in the 2018 season and preparing for Miami. That's where those bowl prep practices can, can help and springboard younger players to more prominent roles. He things started clicking there and, and now he's on the verge of starting barring any injury in my opinion. Um, but even on defense, I think, 
Leo Chanel could be, he, he's in the second team inside linebacker. I like him at pass rush. I think he could make an impact there. Uh, we'll get to that in one of my bold predictions uh, for the season. But to uh, Keanu Benton stepping up as a true freshman in the nose tackle role right now with that second team defensive line, can he continue that progression and, and alleviate and relieve some of the stress? Maybe if, if Bryson Williams goes, you know, if in terms of rotation, that way Garrett Rand won't have to you know, move inside back to nose tackle. That's something to watch. Um, so, but I think those are some of the main storylines there, uh, in my opinion, uh, in terms of the inexperienced players stepping up on defense. Number two in my book, John, I'm looking at tight ends and the depth is in trouble. Uh, we we've talked about it. We've talked about it on the message boards. Uh, Jake Ferguson has been wearing a splint on his left thumb wrist area. Uh, he had surgery on his left thumb on Tuesday. He returned to practice after missing two of them. Um, you know, this week he was catching passes. He was doing teamwork. So he's injured, but, or he had surgery, he's recovering, but he was still participating from what we had seen. But beyond that, Luke Benchwall didn't look good with that injury on Monday during the scrimmage with his right leg. Gabe Lloyd's out for the year. Koi Wanner is not on the 110 man roster yet with that left leg injury. And then during the week two, two of the true freshmen suffered injuries with Hayden Rucci left arm. Clay Cundiff had a head injury uh, for Friday. Now you're left with Jack Eschenbach, a Richard freshman and Seth Currens, who's been working the tight ends. You also have, you, you may see some pseudo tight end work where in terms of blocking schemes, David Mormon, a redshirt senior who's competing for reps on the offensive line, kind of a utility guy that can play all the positions. Now he may be asked to be, you know, maybe it's jumbo package 2.0. Uh, but I think tight end depth uh, until Xander Neville can get healthy and be cleared. Uh, I think it's more being cleared than anything else. He, he looks healthy from, you know, we've seen him at practice, but until he's clear to practice and, in conditioning shape, uh, that tight end position is going to be thin and they're going to need help, not just from possibly offensive linemen, but maybe even the fullbacks in an H back role. Yeah. Thin might be, uh, putting it, putting it pretty lightly. I mean, there's, there's just no one there right now. And I, the, it sounds like Ferguson should be able to go for, uh, you know, the opener against South Florida. Um, you know, which is obviously good news for Wisconsin. But, you know, beyond that, we don't know about Benchall. Um, you mentioned the other guys like, you know, Lloyd's out for the year. You don't know what you're going to get with the true freshman. You know, both those guys went down with injuries. So I think it's more about, you know, now getting creative. Like you talked about, you know, do you see some packages where Wisconsin's going to go out in the field and say, hey, we're going to pound the football and we're going to put, you know, an additional lineman at tight end, you know, David Mormon, Cormac Sampson. Uh, do they, you know, put two fullbacks on the field at the same time uh, in, in Chanel and in Mason Stokey? Um, so it, it's just going to be, you know, how can they get beyond this point until maybe they get some guys back? You know, you know, Xander Neville, at what point does he realistically come back? I think, you know, maybe after the first three or four games that that could be a time. But again, we don't know with that. There's still some hurdles to clear there. You know, is is Ben Shaw, you know, is he going to be in a position to play this year? You know, we don't know that. So um, I, I just think they're at a point with that position where you really hope that Jake Ferguson can go. And beyond that, 
you're going to have to get creative, uh, you know, with, with guys at other positions filling in at tight end or, you know, doing something, I guess, close to that. You know, they're, it, they're just at a point where there's, there's no bodies there outside of Ferguson. He's not even fully healthy. And you're going to have to look for other ways to kind of alleviate that moving forward. And with that too, what's, what's your number two then? Heading into is is that the same in your is is that same concern your number two or do you have another one? Yeah, I would say you know, it's tough not to say tight ends there. I was thinking you know one of the other storylines that came out was Groshek and Taylor in the in the backfield at the same time, and um, I think that's a really interesting wrinkle. You know, especially with what Groshek can do um, in terms of his receiving ability, and he you know he's a guy that played quarterback in high school as well, so um, he also has that uh, skill set should they want to roll something out at some point in the season. So, um, you know, I, I just think that tight end was such a big storyline that you couldn't leave it out, but, um, you know, Groshek and Taylor on the field at the same time is awfully intriguing as well, and I think that was one of the bigger storylines of fall camp too. All right, our number one, and we put together this list uh, in a Google Doc, so we already know what it is uh, for both of us. I'll let you go first, though. Jack Cohn, from all indications, from the number of reps with the first team to not just the number of reps, but actually sustaining success, throwing the ball, accuracy, stretching the field, having enough arm strength on that. He looks like the like QB1 heading into South Florida. Yeah, that has to be the top storyline. You know, one, because I don't know if there's a lot of guys that, you know, follow the team or, you know, fans of Wisconsin that thought, Jack Cohn would have really separated himself to this extent uh, during fall camp. I think myself included, a lot of people thought that this would be a pretty close race that, you know, as camp wore on someone like Graham Mertz would have continued to close the gap. And, you know, I, I going in, you know, even back to the spring, I thought that Jack Cohn would probably be Wisconsin starter against South Florida. It certainly looks that way, but now it really looks like, you know, Jack Cohn is your starter and you know it's 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 probably going to continue on in that role for the for the entire season unless you know he goes down with an injury or something really crazy happens it, it just looks like you know and Jake you can speak to this further that the gap is he's created there is pretty significant between you know him at being at the top and then you know Chase Wolf and and Graham Mertz behind that I do agree with that it's a with I guess it's, you know, it's one of the things where you've seen flashes from Wolf. You've seen flashes from Mertz and Mertz, especially the past couple of practices like Wednesday through Friday. I thought he really shined in terms of throwing the ball better, more accuracy, uh, throwing, making those throws that I know Zach Halpern referenced Jesse Temple's, uh, you know, quote saying, you know, essentially this is why you recruited this quarterback, uh, why you recruited Mertz. I mean, he was throwing them perfectly in stride hitting them there uh wolf i I guess i've told i think multiple people on on radio hits throughout this week and even prior to that wolf has an ability to be so dynamic with his feet but also he's got arm strength and he can use different angles i i personally like chase wolf's ability i think he could be the most dynamic in that term in those terms if he can work on that decision making and become more consistent and but you look at that though Cone has looked the, you know, the most consistent and that's where they're looking for. They're not just looking for flashes. They want the quarterback. That's going to be the most consistent player uh, leading the team to the most offensive, offensive success. And 
I, I, it's hard to detail all of them out in a podcast, but he's thrown touchdown passes and it's not just, you know, players making contested catches. It's he's placing the ball in the right area. He's accurate. He's hitting players in stride. He's go, he's going downfield, you know, case in point was a couple of days ago, hitting Jack Dunn perfectly who Dunn's had a great camp uh, for that matter. Uh, you know, catching passes from all the quarterbacks, but especially from cone, uh, Kendrick Pryor has made some catches too, where, you know, you see cone was placing it on the money. So it really, you know, un- I mean, unless something changes and I've always prefaced this, John, where we didn't know about Jonathan Taylor in 2017 until we heard about the scrimmage underneath the lights of Camp Randall stadium. And then things took off from there uh, to be a co-starter. Uh, I don't know if you'll see a chase Wolf or Graham Mertz do that. Uh, I think Mertz had the momentum going in because he started stringing things along. And John, but John Budmeyer talked about how the install was kind of, was heavy the first four or five days. And now things are tightening up and he's running more plays. Uh, and you can see him becoming more comfortable Mertz is with that, with the offense. But from what we've seen, I think Cohn right now has that spot uh, and it, it you know, being more consistent. I think that's what you're looking for. And even based off of Paul Chris comments, talking about the gap between Mertz and Cohn and saying uh, he didn't know if there's necessarily, you know, what the gap was or, you know, saying that it's all about the player development. I think maybe that's a little telling uh, where it comes to Cohn being the, you know, being QB one right now. Again, we'll see when the depth chart comes out just a week from now, but I like Cohn's chances. I think he gets that start down in Tampa. Yeah, and he, like again, I I think that a lot of people thought that he would start, but eventually someone would overtake him. You know, most likely Mertz, but that just doesn't appear to be the case. Uh, like you said, Jake, there's there's still time to go here, but unless you know something really significant happened with with Jack Cohn, and uh, you know you saw a huge drop off, uh, it, it really looks like he's the established, you know, starting quarterback for Wisconsin, and I don't know that that will change you know, this season, unless, you know, he goes down with an injury or something else happens. I just think that he's cemented himself as, as QB one right now. Exactly. Now what we're going to do uh, before we talk about some basketball recruiting, we got some bold predictions for the season opener. We'll, we'll have another podcast later this week. We'll likely detail more too, when it comes to talking, uh, you know, about the season and we'll, we'll talk more about South Florida in just a couple of weeks when you know, the season actually when that week comes to fruition and comes to be, but let's give some bold predictions for the season opener. We'll go both offense and defense, John. I'll go first. I think Jonathan Taylor will catch 25 passes this year. Uh, I think based off of how, based off of how this, you know, what we've seen in fall camp, what we've seen in practices where he's catching from the jugs machine, he looks more comfortable. There's been, there've been a couple of drops, but look, all the receivers have had, you know, have seen to have a couple of drops here and there. I think using, utilizing him out of the backfield could be huge, especially one-on-one against a defensive back or a linebacker with, with Taylor's speed and strength and vision. That could be a real asset for cone and the offense, but I think he catches 25 passes. Uh, and that really helps him not just with running the ball, uh, but also with his hopes for, I know he's probably not even thinking about it, but, uh, his NFL draft stock, but also maybe even Heisman talk. That's a wild one. How many passes, how many catches does he have going in right now? It, two or Ooh. three, maybe? <laughs> oh, no, he had, he had eight catches for 60 yards last year, eight catches for 95 yards in 2017. So he's got 16 catches for 155 yards in his career through two seasons at Wisconsin. 
Uh, I'll do a bold prediction here. I'll say 25 catches. What's your bold prediction for the offense? Well, I will take the under on that. Put me down for the under. My bold prediction is that four running backs go over 400 yards this year. I think Jonathan Taylor is a pretty safe bet there. I think Groshik, you know, especially with his role as a number two back, will get there. Uh, Nakia Watson, though, really seems to have come on late during fall camp, even though it's not late in fall camp, really. It's it's late in the practice that the media was able to see. Um, he looks like a third option and a guy that could go over 400. And then Bradrick Shaw, he's going to be my fourth guy that gets there. Um, I'm not, you know, exactly sure what his role on this team is going to be, but uh, I, I think that you've seen Wisconsin play multiple backs, and you know they're they're at their best when when multiple guys in the backfield are, are contributing. And I see f- those four guys going for over 400 yards this season. What's your defensive bold prediction for 2019? Well, I don't know how bold this is, but they had 14 interceptions last year, and I think they'll have 20 or more this season. I think it starts up front with a healthy defensive line. I think there's going to be more pressure on the quarterback. I think there's still questions at outside linebacker. But I'll say that that this team, this defense as a whole, has 20 or more interceptions this year. They had 14 last year. Wow, 20 or more. Oh, nice. Uh, nice prediction there. It will be interesting to see. Um, during practices, I haven't seen Scott Nelson, I think, has had a, at least one. He almost had two, but th- you could see on the sidelines they were – John back and forth with each other, uh, the, the defensive backs about whether or not it was a safety. It looked like a sack technically, but he did make the interception off a pretty easy overthrow from Chase Wolf. But uh, I, I like what I've seen out of Caesar Williams in practice, making interceptions, making those flash plays. We'll see who others uh, step up. And I mean, even, you know, we saw Leo Chanel in spring intercept three grammars passes. Can we see more linebackers getting some tip drill stuff going on? Uh, and create some opportunities for the offense there Uh, for defense though. I think, you know, I don't know how bold this is compared to maybe my offensive one is too spicy in that sense, but I think an inside linebacker will lead the team in sacks and it's nothing against Zach bond who I think will have a good chunk of sacks. I really, I like what Zach has done in spring ball. He's gotten in the backfield in terms of tackles for loss. He's up at 235 pounds, you know, he's up to almost, almost 240 before fall camp. He, you know, I think he'll lead, he has a possibility, he has a high probability of leading the team in sacks, but I think Wisconsin has utilized throughout this, the years, the ability for inside linebackers to blitz and hit those gaps hard. Ryan Conley and TJ Edwards did it. And during fall camp, I've seen guys, you know, one of the first days of fall camp, we saw the, the defense create two consecutive safeties off of blitzes from Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel. Uh, I like what Chris Orr has done throughout his career. I think he could do the same thing uh, with a little bit more pass rush too. And I think the big thing with Chanel, you know, every time I've watched a pass rushing drill, you can't defend him. Uh, And that's what stands out to me. I wonder if they could use him a little bit more in that area. We'll see. Uh, But uh, I'll go with my bold prediction there. I think an inside linebacker leads the team in sacks, though. Like I said, I think Isaiah Green May is the good at, the outside linebacker spot on the edge opposite of Zach Bond. And I really like what Bond does as well. That's an interesting one. And I, I don't think that I would disagree with that. I think Chanel, you know, from, from what you've talked about, what others have, have written, uh, he could definitely be a weapon on third downs. And he's, he's an intriguing guy, a powerful guy, you know, just a true freshman. And, you know, what kind of wrinkles will they put him in on, you know, obvious, obvious passing downs. Is he someone that can get to the quarterback? 
Um, I don't know that Chanel will leave the team in 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 uh, in sacks there, but um, you know maybe it comes from a non-traditional position. You know, I think you always look at the outside linebackers, but you know maybe it comes from someone else in in 2019. Before we take a break, let's talk some men's basketball recruiting. Late this week, Wisconsin received a commitment from 2021 forward center Chris Hodges, a Schaumburg, Illinois native, camped at Wisconsin in June. Three-star center, according to rivals, had offers from Rutgers and DePaul. And according to an article from our own Grant Matheny, Hodges had interest from Michigan State, Illinois, and Purdue before making his decision. John, what do you see out of his skill set that could be intriguing in Greg Gard's offense and what he wants to do? I got a chance to see him at Wisconsin's advanced camp, um, and that's when he picked up the offer. And uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, to begin with, I was pretty surprised that he committed this early, but, you know, he got a chance to talk to him. We got a story up on him. Uh, was The Badgers got him back on campus, and, you know, they, they really – uh, you know, sold what, uh, you know, the university can offer academically and what, you know, they can offer, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, developing him as a basketball player. And he seems to fit the culture there. So, um, you know, credit the coaching staff for identifying him, uh, you know, pretty early in the process and then wrapping things up that early. It's, you know, it's not something that happens uh, too often to get a commitment from a guy in basketball that still has two years left to go. So um, I, I think that's uh, something that Greg Gardner staff did very well at in his recruitment but uh you know I think he's a guy that could bring something a little bit unique to Wisconsin you know he's he's pretty raw uh but you know getting a chance to see him it was kind of a small sample size but um you know he's he's a big body that I think can fill out you know he's all of six foot eight uh you know in two years he could be you know six eight six nine and you know in that 250 pound range and you know that's even before getting to Wisconsin strength and conditioning program um, you know, he could be a real bruising power forward in the Big Ten, uh, you know, maybe in the mold of what they thought Charlie Thomas could be. Uh, and he just really never lived up to uh, to those expectations at Wisconsin. Uh, you know, he's got good footwork. I think he's got soft hands around the basket. Uh, he could rebound pretty well. I, I think his outside game is something that he still needs to work on. And obviously at Wisconsin, you know, they ask their bigs to shoot the ball a little bit. So, I think that that's something he'll work on as well. But, you know, in a class where Wisconsin could add five or six scholarship guys in that 2021 cycle, I, I think he's an excellent get, uh, especially at this point. You know, you look at other guys that could complement him. Uh, obviously, Matthew Moores is, is a huge target for the Badgers. I think those two could definitely play on the floor together. Um, and obviously the guards that they're going after, Chucky Hepburn and, and Julian Roper as well. So uh, I, I think it's an excellent start to the class. You know, there's going to be a lot of scholarships available. And getting the Hodges uh, locked in early allows you to focus on a few of the other targets that, that you have there. It's it's a pretty good get, and I think he'll bring something unique to Wisconsin that that they really haven't had maybe in the last couple of classes. Two quick questions before we take a break. Going off of what we'll, we'll start with, kind of what you just mentioned and in referenced, where the other players we had a mailbag question uh, from Lake Mills Badger and. He asked, the, what is the effect on Hodges with the rest of the 21, 2021 class? You already mentioned those names. Anything that really stands out besides those those few players? Or are there any others that maybe they, they don't recruit as hard going forward? Yeah, I don't think it really affects anything, to be honest with you. Just because of the amount of scholarships they do have, you know, this isn't a, a you know, a, a situation where Wisconsin – you know, gets a power forward slash center and says, okay, now we're done. 
Now we need to focus on, you know, backcourt help. I mean, they, they could really still go after all the guys that, that, that are on their radar right now. Um, obviously, Hodges eats up a scholarship, but with the amount of, of, you know, room that they have and the amount of scholarships they have remaining, you know, this doesn't take anyone off their board. They can still go after all those guys there. Um, obviously, it's one less spot, like I said, but I don't think it does really much of anything uh, to the guys that are currently on their board, but it gives you a really nice piece to start with in 2021. Last question for you. Were you surprised by how quick this went? I was. Uh, and actually, Grant, he texted me and he said, hey, do you have an – and, you know, Grant's just getting started for us and he's been excellent. Uh, you know, he's he's a young kid and he's he's doing a great job and he's light years ahead of where I was at that age. So, and he texted me, he said, hey, do you have a number for Chris Hodges? Because uh, I'm pretty sure he just committed to Wisconsin. So I got him. I started talking to him. And he put up something uh, on Twitter that he took down right away, but then within about ten minutes, he he put something back up and he committed. Obviously, so yeah, I was surprised. And like I said, you know, getting early commitments from out of state kids in basketball uh, doesn't happen all that often. You know, a lot of times these guys will want to play out uh, their full AAU career and you know see what other offers come uh, before they make a decision. I think. You know, if you, if you look at the top 150 kids in the, in the uh, Rivals uh, 2021 class, I would imagine just a handful of them have already made decisions. I don't know the number off the top of my head, but you know, there's there's just not a lot of high level guys who have already made their decisions uh, for for that for that group. So I was definitely surprised, but then you, you get a chance to talk to him, and you know, Wisconsin made a, him a priority this summer. You know, got him on campus, which. Um, is you know geographically it works out well just a quick drive up from Illinois and um, you know that's that's a you know we've talked Jake about you know uh, AU programs that Wisconsin has connections with and obviously the Illinois Wolves goes back uh, you know quite a few years that's the same program that that produced Frank Kaminsky and that that's a that's a program that Wisconsin's coaching staff has a very good relationship with and um, obviously that they they got really good feedback I'm sure from the Illinois Wolves camp about uh, Chris Hodges going into the advanced camp and I'm sure they felt pretty good about the offer there. So, um, all that stuff goes into it, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, I was surprised it was that early of a commitment, but I think Chris Hodges knew what he was looking for. And I think he found that in Wisconsin. All right, going forward, let's take a quick break actually, and come back. We'll talk more about, of course, what John saw at the high school scrimmage at Brookfield central just a couple days ago. We'll have our mailbag segment laying out just uh, some of the subscriber questions and hopefully we can answer them on the right note. And then we'll close out the show telling you what's coming up next for badgerblitz.com this week. Times to get to with high school football, of course, a lot more analysis from fall camp to give us just a couple of minutes. We'll be right back here on the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media. And we are back here on BadgerBlitz.com and the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media. Jake Kokorowski, we got John McNamara here wrapping up just another 15 minutes or so and in this podcast. First off, John, we mentioned it before, you're at a scrimmage, high school football starting back up. You had a chance before that to catch J.P. Benchwell, of course, the younger youngest of the Benchwell brothers, Chimray D.K., you also saw, and then, you know, there's some targets there where Hunter Waller, Hayden Nelson from Brookfield Central, Hunter Waller from Muskego. Give us a, we'll start off with Benchwell. 
what are some of the thoughts that you had from you know the 2021 commit four-star offensive lineman already and, and I know it's just a scrimmage but what did you see out of him yeah uh I, I guess I'll start by saying Benchall is probably the guy I got to see the least of uh there were eight teams at the scrimmage and uh they had games going on on two fields uh so I tried to position myself uh where I was in the bleachers or in the stands of, of one and my back was facing the other field and I was trying to go back and forth and um, unfortunately, Grafton was on my opposite side uh, for for most of the day. So I guess of of the guys you mentioned, I saw bench all the least. Um, you know, one of the interesting things I saw there was he was playing a little defensive end um, for for Grafton there, and you know, obviously he he projects as an offensive lineman for Wisconsin. That's certainly well play, but I think that kind of speaks to his his versatility and athletic ability. And you know, obviously in high school you try to get your best guys on the field, and he's certainly one of the best guys. Uh, in the state, so I, I would imagine that you see him maybe playing some def- uh, some defense as well this year. So um, you know the, the couple snaps I got to see him on offense, he's he's a big kid. He, he's you know six foot seven and you know two hundred sixty two hundred seventy pounds. Moves really well. Um, you know, obviously strength is something that he that he's working on, but you know he's a good athlete. You know, just like Bo was and just like Luke is, I should say, at, at Wisconsin. You know, he, he's a good athlete for his size. He's not a big plotter. Uh, he has light feet, you know, good footwork, moves well, um, really long, obviously. And, um, you know, I mean, I think he'll be a good one for Wisconsin. You know, you're talking about a kid that still has two years of high school football left. So, um, you know, his recruitment wasn't much of a mystery. As soon as Wisconsin offered, he, he committed on the spot, essentially. So, um, you know, we have him as a four-star kid. And I know Josh Helmholt, uh, you know, he always talks to me before – you know, he goes and ranks kids and he has kind of the final say. And, you know, I, I said that I thought he should start as a high three star. And then, you know, Josh started looking at the tape of, of you know, not only obviously of, of JP, but, you know, looking at the other offensive tackles in the Midwest. And, you know, he thought he graded out really well against him. And, and Josh actually said, hey, look, we should start him as a four star. So I know Josh Helmut likes him quite a bit. And um, I'll definitely be able to get out and see at least one of uh, J.P. Benshaw's games uh, moving forward this fall. So obviously a great get early for Wisconsin, and he'll be the, the third Benshaw, uh, you know, eventually to play for the Badgers. Uh, you know, I guess not to mention his father and his uncle as well. And the, on the 2020 class, and one that you put up some video highlights of, Jim Ray DK from Waukesha North. They have that, that offense right now that – seems tailored to him uh, and putting him in good positions to make plays. But what did you see out of DK? And in terms of, I know was it was maybe just less than a handful of touchdowns in the scrimmage. Uh, but what did you see out of the three-star wide receiver? Yeah, he's, you know, it's just a scrimmage. Okay. You know, I guess you'll, you can start there, but you know, with that, you run a, a lot of vanilla stuff and you, you don't show a whole lot. Uh, you know, when I was up in the stands, you know, there's a lot of other coaches filming. There's a guy from Arrowhead next to me. So, you know, people are watching what's going on there. So you're not you're not showing your full, you know, playbook. And, you know, it's just like kind of the NFL preseason. You're not showing a whole lot. You're kind of vanilla. But, you know, DK was able to do really whatever he wanted there. Um, I counted four touchdowns. He may have had more. Again, I was kind of going back and forth with fields and trying to, you know, find the best stuff to film at the time. So, um, I had, I had him with four touchdowns, um, you know, through the air. Uh, he's just he he just looked at a different level than than the competition. Um, obviously, he's he's a he's a pretty fast kid. Uh, you know, his track times back that up. But 
you know, they were motioning him a little bit. They lined him up out wide. Uh, I would, I would imagine maybe they line him up in the backfield too, because he's a guy that, that can maybe do something there. I just think that he's a unique talent uh, that we don't see in the state, you know, year in and year out. And I think he really has a chance to put up monster numbers this year. Um, obviously, Waukesha North is going to face some really good teams in their conference um, each and every week. But, you know, DK, I, I think he's going to put up huge numbers, and he's got a really good quarterback there in Johnny Kelleher that, that's getting him the ball. Um, you know, he's going to play both ways as well. He played a lot of safety uh, on Friday when I was able to see him. So uh, he's a unique talent that I think has a chance to put up big-time numbers uh, this fall. And then some other targets that you're seeing uh, for the t- both 2020 and 2021 class, anyone that's standing out to you, I think it maybe you you put video up of this already. He's one of the first, the first Badger offer for the 2021 football class in, in Muskego's Hunter Waller. What do you see out of him and anybody else that stood out? A really good athlete. Uh, he, from that safety position, um, he, he's just kind of a heat-seeking missile man. He, I mean, he hits hard. And he's a physical, physical safety. And his closing speed is really good, too. Uh, you know, I think the biggest question with Hunter, when you're looking at his film last year, where I think he racked up like 150 tackles, he was an all-state pick there, was, you know, does, does this guy grow into a, a linebacker the next level? Um, you know, that obviously with two years to go still could be a possibility, but I think he looks excellent at safety. Uh, I think he's, he's fast enough to play that at, at the Big Ten level. Um, and like I said, he closes really well. He diagnoses plays extremely well. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot to like there. And I think it's, it's pretty clear why Wisconsin extended an offer so early in the process. Um, I think he's, 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 he's in line from the huge year, most likely another all state pick this year as a junior, if he stays healthy. Um, and he's part of a really, really good Muskego, uh, team that is looking to repeat as division one, uh, state champs this year. So, um, he's definitely a guy that I'll be able to get out and see again, uh, moving forward, and then you talked about guys that that were also there. Uh, Hayden Hayden Nelson from Brookfield Central was was a guy that I definitely wanted to see. I, I you know, admittedly, I didn't see as much of him as I would have liked. Uh, but another guy that caught my eye is uh, Nate Volkersell, uh from Whitnall. He uh, you know he camped at Wisconsin at safety, and I know that Jim Nutter really likes him. Uh, right now, he's got uh, preferred walk on offers from Iowa and Minnesota. Uh, I could definitely see Wisconsin come in with, with some sort of offer as well this fall if he continues to play well. Uh, he's another two-way player. He's going to play a little bit of running back this year for Whitnall. Um, obviously, he'll play some defensive back as well. But um, he's a really good guy uh, that I think is going to be poised for a really big senior season as well. I think uh, you know he, he probably should have more offers than he has right now. And, of course, like we said, we'll, we'll kind of preview what – John and I have going on for high school football season at the end of the show. But before we let you all go, let's talk some, some mailbag, some recruiting stuff, some Badger related talk. I mean, thank you all for all the subscribers. If you guys subscribe to badgerbliss.com every couple of weeks or so, I'll throw up a subscriber mailbag and we'll talk on this podcast. We'll try to do some written work. We'll also have a Twitter Q and a, which I'm going to get this podcast up right after we're done recording on Sunday afternoon. And, but on Sunday night around eight 30, I'll do a, a Twitter Q and a as well to kind of help break down uh, some more questions and any real time inquiries as well regarding your Wisconsin Badgers. But let's start it off. John Lake Mills Badger. He talks about defensive tackle recruiting as a staff patiently waiting for the season or high school to start so they can find a late bloomer uh, should be, should be one of the top 2021 priorities in that class as well. 
where do you see Wisconsin's defensive line going because of there's Nash Hutmacher who obviously you know went to Nebraska uh, and Wisconsin he took an official visit on the first weekends of June. Uh, you've seen Dane Middlebrook who committed to Tulane wasn't offered, but uh, he camped and had a really solid camp. I had a chance to talk to him uh, earlier this summer too. Uh, good question there. Obviously, and you, like you talked about, Jake Hutmacher was you know such a big target for them at defensive tackle for such a long period of time, and you know it's tough for for that staff to see him go to Nebraska. Uh, you know, moving forward, I don't think they need to force anything at at nose guard. Uh, you know that position is young right now on the roster. And obviously I think ideally you'd like to take one in every cycle, but uh, you know, they're not going to push or they're not going to force anything. I think, you know, you saw that with a guy uh, like Middlebrook who, who camped and he did really well, but you know, he, maybe he wasn't the fit they were looking for there. Um, you know, they're, they're never going to, you know, in, in their recruiting room say, okay, we're, we're absolutely not going to take a defensive tackle now. Uh, in this 2020 class, uh, you know, there, there certainly could be someone that, uh, you know, reemerges on their board or is new on their board uh, this fall. But um, I think the way that things are trending right now, I could see them going without uh, a defensive tackle in this 2020 class. And obviously, you know, I think, you know, recruiting fans, the people who follow Wisconsin recruiting may not like that a bunch. But, you know, if you look at the roster right now, uh, you know, Bryson Williams is a true sophomore. Uh, Keanu Benton looks like he's in line to play there as a true freshman. Uh, Gio Piaz can bump in there if needed. And, you know, uh, we've talked about this kind of over and over again on the show. You know, Jim Leonard, you know, has put defenses out on the field where they don't need a nose tackle uh, on the field for each and every down. So, again, I, I think ideally you'd love to take a, a nose guard, at, you know, one of your top targets in every class, but they may not need to do that in 2020. Right. And it's, you know, and that. Will be interesting to watch if they do pick up anybody along those lines uh, for this class. If something happens late, but uh, I think you hit on the head. I think they've they have some talent there with this 2019 class, and and Benton. We'll see with his progression at nose tackle again. They could right now if something would happen to Williams, right? I would say Garrett Rance slides in and works at nose tackle again because he has that experience and he's game ready. Benton, I think, will get there. I think he will contribute at some point this season. That's uh, based off of his physicality. I think he's got the right mindset, and he's got, you know, he mentioned Bryson Williams being a player that's taking him underneath his wing. So that's promising, and the fact that he has gotten second-team reps. I think I even saw Rodas Johnson get a couple of second-team reps on Friday in some modified team drills work. I think that's promising there. Will we? Who will we see contribute? That's going to be interesting there, but I think Wisconsin's good at defensive line, and you mentioned it too. I think the nickel packages where they go two, four, five, uh, with only two down linemen, I think that helps too, especially with all the spread teams that uh, Wisconsin will face and that are in eleven personnel. Uh, we'll see, and obviously Leonard mixes and matches to, to really try to maximize the best personnel possible out there. Uh, from Bardo two twenty two, there's a lot of talk about guys that have surprised in fall camp. There, was there anyone you saw that you were underwhelmed by? I mean, someone you thought would be farther along by now? That's a good question. Uh, John, did you, based off of my practice reports, anything that stood out to you? Uh, I know you didn't get, maybe didn't, didn't get a chance to get out to as many practices. Yeah, you know, just going uh, off of, the, you know, the stuff that you wrote, maybe not real. I, I mean, you look at maybe a guy like Noah Burks after the spring he had, you know, being with the number one defense and then, you know, 
I guess right now he's he's more. I guess he's he's working more with the number two defense. Um, you know, I guess off the top of my head, no. Um, but again, Jake, you could probably speak to that better than I can. Right, and I think with Burks too, you know, he got a lot of base situations, and it's. I think he's shown up pretty well. He had a couple of good practices. I thought where. Uh, I didn't put it in the practice report, but I thought he he made some decent plays. He forced a quarter. He had a quarterback pressure on a Chase Wolf throw during the, one of the first team uh, periods. But uh, you know, I, I think he'll he still has an opportunity that they're going to need someone. I think it could. I'm not saying Isaiah Green made like a rotational player or whatnot. I think he could stay and he could stick as a long term starter there. But I think they'll definitely need all those outside linebackers in some way. Uh, this season. All right. On my end, I'm looking at it's tough, but I'm thinking with what Paul Christ had said on Friday afternoon regarding the wide receivers, he called out five wide receivers when asked about Danny Davis's performance before the left leg injury that left them with a boot. We don't know timeline when he's going to, when Davis is going to return as a heads up. I'm sure we'll get more updates going forward. And of course the we hope that Wisconsin continues their preliminary injury report that they usually give out on that. It will be Sunday this time around next week, but Monday thereafter in terms of who's injured and who's not. Uh, we'll see where he lies on there, if at all. But Davis mentioned, you know, when Chris mentioned about Davis, just how he attacked it and how A.J. Taylor and Kendrick Pryor were attacking it. And he said it also kind of lifted up Adam Krumholtz and Jack Dunn. And he said those five have clearly had the best camp. And, you know, when asked about the younger receivers, if he's seen consistency, you know, consistently stepping up, he said, no, not yet. And I found that kind of interesting with some of the second year receivers. I mean, folks, if you've read my practice reports, Aaron Crookshanks had a, had some touchdowns. He's looked like he can be a playmaker there. I, I found those comments kind of telling in my opinion there, AJ Abbott, I thought's had a pretty good uh, fall camp too. Tash Mustafa's been around here and there too. Um, but I guess maybe, you know, they have a top five for receivers and you know, when you don't hear Crookshank's name, you don't hear AJ Abbott's name. I found that to be interesting. So to answer your question, Bardo 222, I think that's where I would go. And then you got DW Bucky fan 69, we already alluded to this a little bit earlier. I'll start with the elephant in the tight end room that is apparently stomping all of them. Uh, that, that, <laughs> that's fair. That That's fair. DW Bucky fan 69. What are plans for help? Tight end is such a huge part of the offense. Um, I'll start off with this one and just say, I think you're going to get once Xander Neville gets healthy. I think it's going to be a huge booster. And by healthy, I mean, clear to practice and in condition. Uh, maybe I should put it that way. And John mentioned it too. There's some hurdles they still have to jump through. He's cleared for practice, but he's not cleared for competition yet. And on top of that, UW needs to clear him for practice uh, to get into football, college football conditioning, conditioning shape. And I think once he's there, that'll help. But for now, uh, I think it's Jake Ferguson and his left thumb that's in a splint. But then I think you'll see it from a couple of different angles. I think, you know, we alluded to in practice uh, reports, Jeff Petrikas did too. You know, David Mormon's been used as sort of a pseudo tight end on blocking, uh, sort of like what we saw with the jumbo package last year. I think that's an option. 
when it comes to that. Uh, we'll see if any other, I know Cormac Sampson, I think maybe got a rep or two there, a couple of reps there uh, a couple days ago, uh, only for one day. He's been mo- working mostly at center from what I saw with the reserves. So I think there might be some help from the offensive line. I think with how the fullbacks are used within Wisconsin's offense, we've seen it in years past, a fullback and an H-backs role could be similar, possibly, uh, in terms of who to block. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think in the past game, Ferguson needs to stay healthy because he is a third down target. And in terms of blocking schemes, uh, well, let me say, passing, passing-wise and receiving-wise, Ferguson needs to stay healthy. I don't know if there's a, a real option in the tight end room right now uh, or you know that could replace what Ferguson did, especially last season in being second on the team in receptions, receiving yards and touchdown passes or t- touchdown catches. But blocking wise, I could see some help from the offensive line. I could see some help from the fullbacks. John, do you have anything else that you think? That, yeah, that- I mean, they're just going to have to get creative. I mean, there's no one <laughs> that's just going to fall from the sky like Xander Neville did. Uh, it's they're just gonna have to get creative there. You hope that Ferguson holds up, but Paul Christ, you know, he'll have to just do other things that uh, he probably didn't want to do, or you know, you're probably not used to doing. They just they just don't have guys there right now, and they're going to have to find other ways to make sure that's not an issue. Last question before we close out this show: Who has stepped up at running back to spell Jonathan Taylor and Garrett Groshek? You know. We've talked about it. I mean, the two names right off the bat, John, Bradrick Shaw, Nakia Watson, Paul Chris talked about them on Friday. He mentioned Nakia Watson having a, a really good camp, which I think is interesting. And Bradrick Shaw, he said, took a, it was the ability for him to, you know, play in the scrimmage and, and take a hit and tackle was huge. It was, it was, that was a big, mar- big milestone for him. I think those are the first two names that step up. I would say maybe Watson's performance has been, been a little bit more of a standout performance compared to Brad, uh, to Bradrick Shaw's output so far from the practices that we've seen. Uh, but I think those two names would be the first ones you would, you would think of. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if they'll go beyond that. You know, Brady Shipper had a good spring camp, but you know, Jake, we haven't heard much from him this fall. Yep. He's been uh, injured. Yeah, and then Garendo as well. You know, maybe you see him, also injured. you know, in some packages at some point. But, yeah, I think it's those four that you're looking at. And, you know, if those four are healthy, I don't know how much more that you need to go beyond that. Uh, but, you know, a guy like Garendo is intriguing, you know, because you know, obviously he's he has the ability to catch the ball. He played some wide receiver. He has the speed there. Uh, but, again, you gotta you got to be healthy in order to be on the field. Wrapping up this episode of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. John, what do we have in store coming up this week for Badger Blitz, and where will we be at? Uh, yeah, Thursday I'm going to be at Muskego and Marquette. Uh, t- it's it's quite a game to start off the season. I think two of the teams that you would think have a pretty good chance of making it to Camp Randall in the Division One field are going to play right away in Week 1. Uh, you know, obviously I got a chance to see a little bit of Muskego uh, on Friday in the scrimmage and, you know, they, they look pretty tough. And, you know, Marquette's returning a lot of guys, uh, you know, led by Sean Timmis, who's uh, committed to Wisconsin as a preferred walk-on. Uh, Riley Nowakowski, the linebacker that Wisconsin has also extended a preferred walk-on offer to. And, I um, mean, you know, outside of that, he's got a handful of scholarships to choose from. Um, you know, that, that's going to be a really good game. I'm excited to go there. 
And then Friday night, I'm, I'm still debating, you know, if, if I'm going to go out to a game Friday. Uh, there's a few here in the Milwaukee area that I could potentially go to. Uh, you know, maybe Catholic Memorial to see uh, Cole Dakovich. Uh, maybe Waukesha North to, to go see uh, Chimere Dike again. Uh, so that one is kind of still up in the air. But Thursday, I will be in Muskego to see uh, you know, a, a true heavyweight battle in, in week one. That's going to be huge. Uh, and I know I think – uh, one Kurt Hogue, I think you might be out there too for that one. Uh, good friend of the show, but I will be down in Brookfield. I'll, I'll make my way uh, east on I 94 to Brookfield Central. Uh, my co author for Walk On This Way, uh, now head coach at Brookfield Central, Joel Nellis. He is, it's his first coaching, uh, first game as head coach for the Lancers and I'll be down there. There's also obviously Hayden Nelson. If you're talking about some of the big standout names uh, that fans should know for bad, you know, for that follow the Badgers, Hayden Nelson, as we've mentioned before, 2021 defensive lineman. We've talked to him before. Uh, Richard Lampkin, who's an Illinois state commit who camped at Wisconsin. So those are just a couple of the names there. So uh, obviously we'll stay tuned for that and we'll have some video uh, and more highlights, uh, likely going forward and uh, be fun and football is back folks. It is college football week. And I mean, a week, you know, six days from now, there'll be a college football game being played. I think it's Miami and Florida. Uh, and there's a lot to be had. We're having a lot of fun with this. Uh, anything else that fans should expect this week, John, I think I know I'll have a defensive depth chart piece up. Uh, I'll have some interviews with some features on Reggie Pearson and, and hopefully Isaiah green may and I'll have some odds and ends to, uh, we have player availability coming up on Monday too, so we'll get some stuff up there. Yeah, hoping to speak to Chris Hodges, coach. Um, you know, hopefully when we we get off the podcast here, I've been going back and forth with him to get a to maybe some more information on, on Chris, and then uh, I think Grant Matheny also has a story coming out uh, on a few more basketball targets for Wisconsin. Uh, so you know, look for those up on the site. Uh, and then you know, like you said, I think football is going to be right there on Thursday and. Uh, we'll, we'll move forward from there. Folks, you can find us for Badger Blitz, badgerblitz.com, wisconsin.rivals.com, if you want to be more precise there, for all the articles, for our analysis there. Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. Twitter for John, it's at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, and then, of course, the official Badger Blitz account at Badger underscore Blitz. Then for this podcast, hey, we'd love your reviews. Be honest with us. We want you to be genuine with it, but we'd love five-star reviews to keep us the momentum rolling here. We give you all the Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and analysis that you need on a weekly basis. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and, of course, on Overtime Media as well. So uh, we'll have another show coming up later this week. We'll figure out when. Uh, we'll talk more Wisconsin Badgers football you know, recruiting news. Uh, if we find out who the next – 2020 commit is after the bat signal was posted yesterday on social media and then so much more coming up as we lead up to the season opener against South Florida less than two weeks away folks for John McNamara this is Jake Kokorowski we'll talk to you guys soon on another edition of the badgerblitz.com podcast powered by overtime media